three, what are you two, drinking? one. Oh, that's that's that fucked. Uh, water. Why water? Um. Well, it's the first of November, and I was thinking about doing November um, and giving up something, but I'm not actually sure what. If it's going to be beer or cheese or nothing. I mean, the best thing to do, I think, is just track calories. And I think it worked quite well, actually, after a few weeks of lockdown. The first couple of weeks was just, like, everyone hitting the, the beers pretty hard, hitting a lot of quizzes, hitting a lot of memes and GIFs on WhatsApp. A lot of that. Black man's cock. Um, but then after the first sort of two or three weeks of lockdown, it all sort of settled down a bit. And at that point, I was like, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, right, I've got a limit of 10 drinks a week and I can spread them out during the week as I as I wish. Did that for a week and just missed it. I think I had 12, but I quite like the idea of that. And th- that idea is similar to what we were doing when we were tracking calories on my fitness pal as far as... Um, you know, you can have a few beers at the weekend, but you've got to compensate for it throughout the rest of the week. Well, I was going to do November because I can't grow a moustache, so um, I wanted to do something. Um, but on Friday night, I went into Morrison's and they had a sahi for three pound fifty <laughs> for a four pack, right? So I was like, "Well, I love a sahi, and it's a brilliant beer, and it's normally six pound for a four pack." So. It's all sold out, obviously, on a Saturday night. So yesterday at 10, 10.15, <laughs> I went into Morrison's, and it was just me and the sort of Jakey's in the booze aisle at that time. Sort of, They were looking at the Desperados and Estrellas and stuff like that. And I went right in, pushed right past four of them, and bought out Morrison's entire stock of Asahi at £3.50. So, Which was how many? That was 24 bottles. Okay. Um, I went back today to see if there was any more, but there's not. So that was my small victory for the week, was um, being raging on Friday night that I'd not been able to get in on the £3.50 Asahi, and then on Saturday morning just turned it right around. Fridge stopped full. And then a mate came over yesterday to watch the rugby and um, got pretty tanked on it. Good stuff. Um, let- the intro three two one you've joined us once again for the editing wait Steve that wasn't show. recording yeah it was recording oh, thank god <laughs> the editing Stu show with your anchor ed and co-anchor Stu, the pilkington to my gervais the godwin to my brent the sanchez to my daglas the jez to my mark how are you doing Stu? pretty good but i like that intro but if i'm co-anchor you're also co-anchor <laughs> Well, you have to your introduce yourself to as the high. Co-anchor. Well, you no, didn't you're the co-anchor. That. You said... <laughs> Brilliant. And we just came up with that. So I was thinking, actually, I mean, you can you can introduce this little part of the story as you, well, I'm just going to introduce it now. You had some good Twitter news this week. I'll let you share it, but then I've got some follow-up questions about it. So um, for those that don't know, I'm David Brent underscore FPL um, on Twitter. 
one of the probably the best names you could have chosen on uh, FPL Twitter. I sort of joined up and looked at it and looked at the sort of main accounts. No one had had the David Brent thing at that time. As it happens, everyone puts FPL in front of their name now rather than at the end. But anyway, got that name. Um, you know, it'd just be sort of uh, fantasy football chat interspersed with a few Brent quotes. Turns out there's another person that actually does that, FPL Partridge. Um, so, good. Uh, so, yeah, I don't do quite so much of that. It's more just the FPL analysis, really. Um but yeah, uh, earlier this week, um, I was listening to a great podcast, The Greatest Game, uh, with, with Jamie Gallagher, where he interviews um, footballers and non-footballers, people with a love of football, ask them what their greatest game is. Um, and it's actually really good, really insightful. He did one with Ryan Giggs. I was saying to the people on WhatsApp that that was a really good episode, but then he posted about it, and I just, um, I just sort of you know fanboyed it massively on his Twitter, saying like, Love the episode, and he was. I don't know if you've listened to it, but they they start talking about the Juve game, which is that classic keen game where he brings him back in. So I thought Giggs would have a nice little insight on that, but then Carragher sort of interrupted him, and then they went down this like massive wormhole because they had. I think he was just, he asked him about the FA Cup that season because obviously Giggs scored that amazing goal against Arsenal, and then they never came back to it. So it sort of mentioned that, and just saying, yeah, great pod, and then he replied with just a, a Brent Brent meme. Um, which was like, if that's true, excellent. Um, so that was good, and that got about thirty likes. Not my at, not my comment, but his. So, at any point, have you thought whether or not Cara has said to Neville or the producers at Sky Sports, this guy seems to understand football and comedy and present presenting? We could get him on. Yeah, I think the, the Monday night is my my sort of audience. I think you know, I could I could do the sort of hour. Our pre-game, you know, the sort of um, very much doing that on the other pod um, at the moment um, under the under the guise of FPL analysis. But really, it's not just FPL analysis; it's just sort of getting to the heart of football analysis. And you got then you got the questions and answers, obviously, after the game. If the game's been a washout, then they'll just probably ask loads of questions about Manu. And you know, if Gary Neville doesn't want to field them all because he's getting tired of it, then I'll I'll I'll, I'll drop in there. Yeah, Rashford's doing well, isn't he? On and off the pitch, he is doing well off the pitch. We don't know if he's doing well on the pitch. We'll find out today. Um, would yeah, you, you, you find th- this recording at twenty past three on a Sunday afternoon? Bit of an odd time, um, but yeah, the the Manu game will be kicking off in an hour or so. Question, and I know the answer to this, but if so, Sky Sports come in. They're prepared to offer you Monday night football. They want you to use the iPad, be that guy. They're going to pay you a hundred grand a, a year, say, to do that job. BT come in, right? <laughs> It involves working with McManaman et al. Hargreaves. McManaman's fine. Who am, I re- not- who am I replacing on BT? Who's on BT? You're not replacing Lineker. Jake Humphreys is, is the, she- other, the other main anchor. Oh, yeah, Jake Humphreys. Yeah, you're going to become Jake Humphreys. They'll pay you 150 grand a year. Or you can just be sat next to Everett Souness. Yeah, the, ban- the banter on Sky is miles better. I wouldn't necessarily like to be sat next to Keane. I think I need a few few months to sort of ease myself in there. But does he think you were a proper plonker, just some guy that you know? I mean, he would like it'd be terrifying, wouldn't it? Like you, how do they just probably say it? I, I've just sort of become an overnight sensation. I, I've not, I've no, I've no history in the game. I've become an overnight. So I'm sort of there as the voice of of social media somehow. Yeah, the voice of the common man. Like it's a new thing where they bring up an educated intelligent fan in well, you're literally salivated <laughs> the possibility of yeah, this yeah, yeah. and then you know I, you know they're not sure if it's going to work and i just obviously 
smash it on the first episode and then you know a couple of months later it's me and Sui. I would actually be interested to know if I'd go in on Sui because he does say a few few dodgy things. Um, I mean, the minute they call you on it, the minute they say, well, what have you done in the game? What's your response? Well, you're a racist, mate, so... <laughs> Stop calling oh. Paul Pogba a, you know, strong, brainless um, player. He's yeah, but you player. you start, you, you wouldn't defend Pogba. I mean, you hate Man United. I wouldn't defend Pogba playing in defensive midfield, but he, he does, he does actually, I, I agree with Sunes in that he laps, lacks the application. I mean, that, that's actually what the last Monday Night Football was. It was like Gary Neville going for like an hour. Did you watch it? It was him like being like, they have to work it out. Pogba needs to play somewhere in the Man U team. And Carragher's like, um, been saying this for like three years. Like he, he shouldn't be in the first, he can't be in the first 11 because every time he plays, he's he's pretty bad. Like their best team just yeah. doesn't have him. They have two holding midfielders and, and Bruno in the hole. Doesn't have Van der Beek either. I mean, I, yeah. can, I can take both their points in that Neville's right in that you'd like to think at some point they'd be able to get Pogba in the team, but it's definitely to this point hasn't worked. Well, he's a box-to-boxer, isn't he? He shouldn't be a holder and he's not really creative enough to be a 10, so... Um, and think, they don't really need that in the team. He was I mean, they signed Van Der Beek. For Juve, he was pretty much a 10. That's where he was playing. He didn't have a defensive response. But he, I don't think he'd be called box-to-box if you lose the ball on your halfway line the way he does. I think he's yeah, been going think... forward, like actually running with the ball and like taking people on. But I think he loses it in bad areas. The other thing is the problem with Man United's whole strategy is to give the ball to Bruno, who then will play a forward pass. Whereas if Pogba's running, it just completely nullifies that. Like I just think that Bruno's better suited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's and I, you could get eighty mil back for Pogba. I'd sell him. I mean, it's a weird one that they signed Van Der Beek because he doesn't get a game. But, yeah, maybe Pogba um, goes in the summer. I mean, I don't see what why they're keeping him. Yeah, if Real offering decent money, then then fair enough. I think oh, it's just price, though, isn't it? It's just they, they signed him and they want they don't want to lose a marquee player because they think they should have marquee players. Well, marketable player more than anything, but yeah. But if they're not doing it on the pitch, then he, they're, he's not making them the money. So yeah, we, let's talk about for FPL actually because we've we not talked about it in a couple of weeks. Looking at the the East League, um, I'll just bring it up. I'll bring it up because Al is probably above me, and that'll I'm going to open my second beer. So we're we're in the middle of the game week, but order has been restored somewhat because I'm top uh, at the moment. Three seven eight behind me is Matthew Tyrrell, three seventy. Dave Mitchell in third, three six eight. It's all very bunched at the moment, though. Like I don't think I've been having like a great few weeks, but I've generally been, I've been bobbing about at between sort of seven eight hundred thousand. Um, but I guess people that have started well have maybe fallen off a bit, and at least in our mini leagues, like no one's had like an amazing week last week with Bamford and that sort of thing. But yeah, um, oh, Greeley's got a wee thirteen pointer. I've just clicked on it. Fifteen pointer, yeah. They were four nil down, and he. Then he got two assists and scored from outside uh, the box. I mean, if I look at this and find out Shea Adams is called, I'll be well. You'll you'll get to witness a meltdown on. Uh... I only started oh, watching once they're four 0 down, so I know it was two Ward Prowse free kicks and a Danny Ings goal. So yeah, I almost check. brought in Ward Prowse. I brought in uh, Chilwell this week for Teles. Yeah, <laughs> that mistake. Chilwell's a good buy. Um, yeah. 
Chilwell and yeah. maybe maybe Cancelo are the people I'd be looking at as far as premium if I was downgrading a Liverpool defender. But I'm actually not planning to. I'm planning to just keep them because I, I don't actually need the money. I think I don't think they'll outscore Chilwell and Cancelo necessarily, but and they're not. Necessarily what was your transfer this week? Well, you brought I'd, in Grealish. Yeah, the main one was Davis to Brewster to free up. <clears throat> Well, to have a playing third striker. Once Antonio was out, I knew I wasn't going to play three strikers, so then I wanted to get the best um, third striker, sort of Brewster. And then with Rodriguez going out, I brought in Grealish. I'd wanted Grealish because they've got such a great run coming up. And the way my transfers were falling, it looked like obviously I was going to keep J-Rods and I wouldn't be able to get Grealish in anyway because Podence, I was looking at upgrading to someone, you know, Rashford, Bruno, KDB sort of level. Um but that sort of fell okay. Rodriguez has a few good fixtures now, but then he has maybe six not great ones. And I think at the moment, Everton have players out and that sort of thing. So it might take a while to get back up to speed, by which point they've got sort of six not great fixtures. So I don't think I'm losing out a lot by having Rodriguez. And I think Grealish will outscore him anyway. Um, so yeah, having just DCLs, I think, is fine there. And he'll be you... like long term. Yeah, I mean, you've got the double, you've got the double Spurs, which makes me... Nervous. I did that thing last night where I found out if I could wildcard into your team if I wanted to, money-wise. I could just about do it. No Man United players, but I, I mean, I'm terrified now that Kane and Son will just go on some crazy Mourinho run, which will get Spurs nowhere. They'll still finish fifth, but from an FPL perspective, the effective ownership in the top 10k is over a hundred thousand, over a hundred percent. Not possible. So, well, it's going to be over a hundred. So, yeah, it's. I, I don't actually want I don't think I want them to go absolutely bananas um, but yeah I, I'll, I'll be taking them out after these next two games I might keep Son but well I might I'll keep one of them I think I think Son provides better value I mean I've, at 9-3 you, you can clearly keep him all season and that will be absolutely fine I'd be surprised if he doesn't outscore like he's 9-5 right now yeah to... I don't I, I don't think anyone he was in my game week one team score him. Yeah, but he was in everyone's. It was more that people that didn't watch the game or were Spurs fans kept them, and all those people have had great starts because Spurs were abject in their first game, and they had all these other fixtures. So having two Spurs players just didn't make sense. Like everyone was sort of having them as placeholders. Um, fair enough. I almost started the season with Deli Alley, so that that could have been a lot worse. I um, did start the season with Deli Alley. So, so yeah, it's people that kept them and then they kept scoring. But then I remember saying a couple of weeks ago, like, I'm going to catch up on the people with St. Kane and Son because I don't think they're great buys. They've largely scored points in games that have been just weird games. But I don't think that's entirely true. I think Son is, I mean, Son was good value even, you know, before this. Before he seems to be hauling every single game um, at 9 5. Uh, Kane, yeah, still not sure about. They were lucky to beat Burnley and they didn't score a goal I think mid midweek so you know I'm quite quietly hopeful that Brighton actually turn them over <clears throat> so what yeah. do you think about Phil Foden yeah I'm just going to keep him long term now because I've got I've got the depth on the bench as well like part of right. the reason why I took Rodriguez out for Grealish was because I was a bit ropey on subs in the end Saiz didn't play Foden didn't start Mitchell, who was my first sub, was injured as well. Like if Foden did have a sort of illness and he didn't wouldn't have started at all, then I would have been down to my third bench player. 
as it is, I've now got Lamptey coming off the bench for Saiz, and obviously Foden came on for a point. But I would have then had Brewster come on for two points. So it actually got to the point where it's like, right, there's 15 minutes to go. I can either have Brewster's two points or Foden can come on. It's like, well, actually, I'd probably rather just Foden came on for a point because he's got more chance of scoring in the yeah, next 10 yeah, minutes yeah. than Brewster does. Mm. But yeah, that wasn't ideal. But then it's still absolutely fine because Foden obviously was a bit under the weather. I think he still gets 70... 75% of games um, anyway and so I think as long as you're, you've got a bit of depth there I think it's absolutely fine and this is the thing why I'm not going to remove Robbo and Trent is because I just don't feel like I need the money elsewhere I'm still going to end up having um, at least two if not three premiums and a midfield I really really want so I'm not in a, I, I, yeah if I had if I had a wild card now I wouldn't have two Liverpool defenders but I'm not going to spend sort of three transfers sidewaysy to, to do that the people I need to take out are Podence and at least one of the Spurs players and that's what and well that's in the next week so I'm taking out Saiz almost certainly this week because he's not playing and I think that's the way to do it is take out the bad players in your team not like get drawn into bringing in the super hot players mm. but then at the same time don't take out bad players to then bring in like take a player out and be like, right, who can I afford in this price range? You obviously need to have a list of targets, you know, in your head before you take a player out to know who you who you move to because that that works out just as bad sometimes. You're like, right, I've got four point five million. Uh, who's the best four point five million defender or whatever? Well, I got I got my I got a captain fail again this week. I captain Sterling over Salah just out of frustration. That was annoying. Although actually, it only costs you five points, but it all adds up. But I might move Sterling to De Bruyne, although that seems like a little bit sideways. But I have a funny feeling he, maybe he's a bit off the pace this season, Sterling. Yeah, the main I might thing even about just De Bruyne is whether or not he how how withdrawn he is. But oh yeah, I, I don't think I'd waste a transfer on that. Just it's frustrating because when I wildcarded, I brought in, I had Sterling, Foden, De Bruyne, and I thought, great, you get three City players. And Sterling was a good variable, but um, they just they had they've not kicked on. They look yeah. rank average at the moment. They're just winning every and, game one 0 Yeah, and now Aguero's back, so I think that's better for Sterling though. As long as he's not right on the touchline, I think it's generally better for Sterling because I don't think Sterling is as good playing false nine. I think they would rather have more. Um, better attackers on the pitch. The main thing for Man City is that he's had, you know, Silver's left and he's brought in, you know, a double pivot. So it's either Gundogan or um, Fernandinho alongside Rodri, and they're obviously nowhere near as creative as as Silver. And then in the game where they actually did start Foden in there with KDB, that was Leeds. They sort of got a bit, bit overrun. But that might have just. Been I thought nice. Foden was great off the bench against West Ham. I mean, he just glided through players. He was their yeah. best player by an absolute mile, That's which surprised me that he was then dropped. Well, yeah, it was illness, though. I think so. I, I'm not reading too oh, much okay. into that. Um, that's that's what he's best at. I think he's actually running with the ball on the move and like popping quick one twos around the box and just like good close control in tight areas, i.e., in the final third. Um, yeah, but not not so yeah not so much taking on plays in the same way Maras does, but. But yeah, definitely sort of pass and move. Good, yeah. Well, um, cool. yeah, the code for the East FPL League, if anyone wants to join up to it, I think we've got 15 or so people in at the moment, um, is in, in the show notes. 
Yeah. So what else have you been up to this week? A DIY. Yesterday. Oh, yeah. Hit up IKEA. Massive queue in the in the stormy conditions. Got some shelves. Um a pal, Ewan Mackey, who I know is an avid listener to the show, shout out, came up. He loved it. He basically talked me into buying twice as many shelves as I needed um, because he wanted to put them up. And then he put them up on his own. It was great because he loves it all. So I just sat watching him and then eventually just stuck the rugby on and had a beer. Um, so that was hugely satisfying. I did have to return the second set of shelves today. What, watching someone um, else do DIY for you? Well, but I was helping. You know, I passed some stuff and I did a bit. He, it was, he kind of treated me a bit like a child at one point because he passed <laughs> me the hammer just to give me a go. <laughs> Like he was like, like here, have a go, and I was like, all right, man, I'll have a go. Um, but yeah, I do wish I was a bit more DIY-ish. You know, he's got the, the power drill and everything, and he did a great. You know, everything's like flush against the wall and it's measured properly. You know, if it's me, I just sort of attack it and then hope for the best. So yeah, that was good. That's that... I've got a power drill, but it doesn't seem to actually power through anything. Power. Um, but I was actually yeah. thinking well, of Mackie yesterday because, uh, yeah, I was thinking, look at our TV. Um, and just thinking, yeah, if it was wall mounted, because he's got his wall mounted and, and did like the that replastering where he hid all the cables in the wall. Um, yeah, just looked pretty smart, like and put them in a tubing and that sort of thing. But that's way, way out of my comfort zone. My folks got like, someone to do that for them and spent an absolute fortune on it. Oh, really? Yeah, like more than the cost he... of a TV. He's buying a puppy today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christ. A Staffordshire every, every, Terrier. Everyone's buying dogs at the moment. It's like um, a dog's not just for lockdown. Yeah, well, it's probably just to grow, to to raise the dog and then go running in the Davidson Mains area in Edinburgh with the dog and hope to like accost you. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, he's going to call it Vincent. No, Vinny. He's settled on Vinny. After company. Uh, no, it'll be there'll probably be some character in a um, like snatch movie Fair that's enough. called Vinny Guy Ritchie. That's what I was going for. Guy Ritchie. What have you been up to? So we've been on holiday. We were up in Colin Bridge near Aviemore. Um, so that was that was really nice. So yeah, managed to get out. Was that sort of up at sort of seven a.m. most mornings, going out for a sort of ten k or a, or a sort of twenty k cycle. Um, one of the days he did it back to back, so that was that was nice. But yeah, no dogs there. Like going out at seven a.m. in like the mountains, basically in the woods. Um, absolutely no one else there. Sort of running around the rivers and stuff. It was it was not the locks. Um, it was nice. I've got a, a quite a good story though. So I was there with my um, oldest daughter, who's four, and we went to this sort of landmark adventure place. We'd been there last year, but it was off season, so it was only like a sort of tenor. Tenor each to get in or something like that, but they've got sort of a house of mirrors and they've got sort of outdoor games park and that sort of thing. But this year it was in season, so they had all their outdoor stuff. So there's a big like water slide where you you get in one of those sort of dinghy things, like a small like um, life lifeboat sort of craft thing. And they've got like a sort of go ape type thing for three different age groups where. You know, you have basically three, yeah, three different age groups. So one that's just off the floor, one that's a bit higher up, and then one that's proper high up, just like Go Ape. Um, so yeah, we got there when it opened. It was <clears throat> forty-four quid for the two of us, but I was like quite happy because the year before we'd sort of been the week later, 
so we couldn't do all the sort of cool summer stuff and because it was the very last week it was um not that busy but still the car park was pretty full so we got there immediately i was like right what's the best thing to do it's like water slide okay so we did the water slide it's like which one do you want to go on so first we went in one that was like a, a swirly completely um pitch black tunnel so that was pretty good but that was obviously are you in are you in a bathing costume or is it like no no we're just in just in like a a sort of lifeboat that you hold the sides of um oh right you, you do get a bit wet when you sort of splash at the end and that sort of thing ah, and she's sort of sitting cool. in front of me holding the sides as well it reminded me because i used to love going to like water parks as a kid and there was one in in thurrock um which is i don't know is it in kent or somewhere like that um and it just had like yeah like 12 different flumes and one of them was called nightmare and it was just pitch black so it reminded me a bit of that and it's like would well, you want to go on again and there were three of them and then the, the obviously the fastest one is just a complete sheer drop and it's like okay do you want to go on the sort of fast one that's bumpy or the really fast one and she's like the really fast one and i'm just like okay <laughs> so what you once you're on there you can't get off because the thing basically just tips you over um so that was good fun as well and it was funny because her face just went completely white she had like no idea like what was going to happen but she absolutely loved it and then we went on a roller coaster as well that was really good but in between that um we went on the climbing thing so we we, we get in the queue to go on like the, the kids one but they've got to put this whole harness on just to go this is like she was just the right height that she could do that one and she was just over the height that she wasn't like too too tall to do this kid's one but then she could also do the sort of toddlers or the five-year-olds and up one as well because she, she's quite tall so she's over like 1.5 meters so we're in the queue for this first one and it's just like you had to put a harness on but it's about a foot off the ground it's, st it's stuff that she probably wouldn't even do because it'd be boring in a in a normal play park so we're waiting in the queue for that um, and then it's like no I don't want to go on this one I want to go on the, the bigger one so then we right we then queue up for the bigger one we queue for a, a while and we get there and I'm sort of, as we're walking up I see that it says um, 17 stones weight limit and I'm like right well I'm obviously going to go on it with her so I've got I've got massive I mean I'm over <laughs> way over 17 stones anyway but I've obviously got massive jacket on bag on my back and everything so we get there um, I just say like, yeah fine I'll just chance it so the guy's trying to put on put on the put on the harness for for Lottie and sort of making a bit of a pig's ear of it and she's getting a bit sort of anxious about it. it's like right yeah just throw your bag over there I was like okay cool so that'll, that'll put a bit of weight off and he's like right put that harness on so I'm putting the harness on goes over the legs fine try to pull it up can't get it over my shoulders and he's just like oh yeah that's that's probably not big enough it's just like oh okay fine okay so I, I guess I can't do it it's like no no we've got we've got a bigger one but we have to weigh you first and I'm just <laughs> just like oh yeah um, oh, well um it's, it, it, can she go on herself um yeah yeah she can go on herself obviously by that point if, you know if, if she went on it because it's quite high up and she stopped at any point then she basically stuck there so i was like it's not really practical and she was getting a bit freaked out by this point anyway and she was like no i, I don't want to go myself um and then the guy goes all right okay for you mate we'll do 17 and a half stone <laughs> i'm just like Oh uh, no! Nah, I think probably with a jacket and everything, I'll pro probably still be just, a, just, a, just a bit over. Just a little bit. Just a little bit over. <laughs> so I was like, right, come on, let's let's get out of here. <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was that. But we had we had, and then that after about an hour, hour and a half, we we pretty much done all the things I've described. We'd been around the dinosaur kingdom, which is basically big sort of plastic dinosaurs with um, sounds coming out of them, that sort of thing. But it got about an hour, an hour and a half in, and she's like, right, I want to go home. And I'm just fucking hell. I've spent spent forty four quid on this. We've only been here an hour. I've got like a full lunch and everything ready. Um, so then, 
yeah, we managed to do a few more things. We, might, we probably stayed for like an hour more than that. And we did this sort of House of Mirrors thing. And in the end, that was the last thing we did. And she really enjoyed that one as well. That was like similar to like Camera Obscura in Edinburgh. I don't know if you've been there. I've not actually, but similar similar idea to that. Um, and yeah, so that, that was a good day out. But So is the Go Ape thing, is that the big, the, the sort of treetop? Assault? Yeah, yeah, we've never done one. Of course. No, I've never done one. Oh, they're good, man. I mean, I, I've, I'm not massive you on You've done clients. one? Yeah, yeah. Actually, the day that I proposed to Allah, we did... There's one in, I forget the name of it, but basically the, as soon as you just, just get into the sort of highlands, so just past Perth when you're getting into the um, sort of national forest bit, that there's one there. And you do like a zip line for, for miles, or well, not miles, maybe like half a mile, I don't know, to, get, to actually get into the forest. Because um, you start like miles oh, wow. away from it. So you zip line in there and a zip line back. But yeah, you're, you're up like sort of, second floor of a house sort of level above the ground maybe a bit higher but you're obviously in a in a harness everything but it's quite good fun but yeah similar stuff to that Alan absolutely loved all that sort of stuff um so then we uh that 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 day we'd done that in the morning and then we'd doing some other stuff and climbed up a sort of mountain and stuff and that's where i, I proposed but yeah it was nice to get away and do that I'd, I'd been on a holiday before but we the previous one when we were went away i can't remember where it was to um it was a bit more sort of sitting about, but this one was a little bit more more active, so it was nice. We actually went out for a few meals, and, and the funny thing was, I'd not really been following it, but we got there, and they have they have the hotel, right? they, they have the hotel, and then we've got like the sort of lodges, the timeshare lodges. We weren't allowed into the hotel, use any of the facilities because, because of COVID. And I did actually wonder, because there's some, I think there was some rule about if hotels can actually serve alcohol, I, perhaps anyway there was there's, there's this like separate bar that anyone can go into called the woodshed bar um and it was it's just by reception so i sort of went up there when we arrived at four o'clock wanting to ask them oh have you got like the box office football games showing um <laughs> but the thing was the place i think actually closed at seven so the game i think was kicking off at six or seven that night so the the question was pointless but i sort of stood there in the queue and when i got up to the top it was absolutely round outside like every table completely full and then they had like someone doing burgers in the back. And then inside, there was like no one inside. I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Like it's absolutely Baltic. It's four o'clock. Why, why is everyone so bunched up sitting outside? Um, and then someone in the in front of the queue asked, so are you serving food? And, and, and the woman was like, yeah, but you've got to, you have to eat it indoors and we close at seven. I, was, I couldn't get my head around why they were, why that was the way it was. Then I remembered like walking back. It's because you can have alcohol outside. So it's like ridiculous. Oh yeah, it's a ridiculous situation yeah. where everyone is like pushed in like sardines in this one place outside, freezing their ass off just because they want uh, a drink. And it's not a it's not a slight on the government at all or the rules or anything. It's more just like um, <laughs> the reality of Scottish people just like doing anything yeah, yeah. To, to get a bit of a bevy. Yeah, I... it, it was the same at other other pubs and stuff because we went to we went out for lunch one day and it, it was yeah. You couldn't have a glass of wine your meal we didn't i didn't miss it you know that way but then there were people sick outside basically in the cold just so they could have a pint you know talking like highlands in in october it's not it's not warm but, but that was that was a good relaxing week the previous week i don't know we talked about this on the pod or it, we didn't or we talked about it we never n- never got it through but i'd have a bit of a frustrating one that week it felt like everything was going wrong you talk about your sort of diy thing i'd had um a fan oven died so we got a guy out to repair it 100 quid on that and then found out it still wasn't working like he'd sort of fixed the fan the fan started working but then the oven sort of when the fan was on it would switch off 
sometimes after like half an hour, an hour. But all the other functions on it work, so we might just keep using it until something else fails on that. So we basically paid 100 quid for that repair and for nothing, sort of. But in fairness, they re refunded half the money and they sort of gave us a list of options. So when we when we want to, we can sort of get the get the oven oven replaced. I had some guy come round, quote me 550 quid to cut down, well not cut down, basically to trim one of the trees we've got in our garden. So it's like, I mean, that's probably how much it costs, but it's just like, oh God. And he's like, if you can, he's like sort of really hard sell, like, um, well, yeah, 700 quid. No, no, 600, no 550 if you do it today. I'm just like, you know, a bit presumptuous to assume I've got that much sort of cash lying around. Need to get, there's a wasp nest that's been there. It's, a, it's been there for ages because we had some bees that I don't know if we talked about in the pod earlier in the summer. That was, um, we meant to having people coming around that week as well to get that removed, but then had to postpone that. And also we managed to forget to do our boiler maintenance. So yeah, adulthood is, is, has been coming at me fast um, in the last sort of couple of weeks. So it was, it was quite nice to get away. 550 cut down a tree seems a lot. Like that would be a good game to be in. I mean, how long does it take to cut down a tree? Oh, you got to dispose. Does he does he dispose of it? That's a whole day job. Yeah, that includes the disposal. That's he said it was an afternoon. I think for a day's work, I think that's the right sort of region because I think you're meant to be. I, I assume he was trained, but you know you can be professionally trained. Is it lumberjack? <laughs> I don't even know. But yeah, there's qualifications because you don't want to be. Yeah, you don't want to be. Um, you know, not insured or whatever, and cut a tree down or cut the top of a tree off, and it lands in your neighbour's ensuite or whatever. So yeah, um, but I'm not not in a hurry hurry to do that. But that was the sort of thing where if you get that done, then you won't have to have do a big job for like five or six years, hopefully. So that's something. So yeah, before the pod sort of officially started, we talked a little bit about November and that sort of thing. Um, I, I was actually feeling quite fit. It was nice to get out there, but we obviously. We had quite, with it being holidays, we had quite a lot of desserts and, and booze and all that sort of stuff. But I was hoping to do something, whether or not it's give up the beer or just just do something this month. Usually I don't do it because November's my birthday, but um, obviously with the way things are at the moment, and you know when you're getting sort of November December time, I find that's when you know you get quite nice pub visits as well. Like people obviously do their sort of annual festive meet meetups, and you've obviously got Christmas lunches at work and all that sort of stuff. So I find it's unavoidable it would be i think it'd be quite interesting to see if people actually cut down in december as well um going forward if if the the sort of restrictions are the way they are for a bit longer then you know will that actually be quite healthy for some people because they won't be able to actually meet up as much as they would otherwise be the temptation yeah. i think to go for pints after work in december or just be like at least in my job just taking an hour's flexi or, or that sort of thing is, um, it should be a, yeah it would be way quieter it should be cheaper it should be way better off for the, the old liver i mean it'll be boring the other thing i didn't did, realize giving up something from november was a thing so well i don't think it is i think it's more stoptober or sober october and that sort of thing but um yeah i never do it in october either so <laughs> we never really do it anyway but yeah i'm not sure if i'll do something but this is the first november and i'm just having a water so we'll see we'll see the way it goes i think giving up beer could be okay i've got um you've said beer no that's the second time you've done that you specified beer yeah yeah because i think having a wine or a, yeah, a yeah, rum and coke i think that i think that would work but then we had that night we've started all playing counter-strike um we had that night where i played and i was absolutely hammered because i had like a pint of rum and coke and just like you know necked it in about 20 minutes playing because you get quite sort of hyped up but then i was also um on the beer that was two weeks ago and then i was on the beers sort of a week or so ago and i'd bought some non-alcoholic beer 
um, on, I'm in this sort of dad's dad's group on WhatsApp, and one of the guys had recommended that, and it was. Um, what was it? Was it the Saint? No, it was something off Amazon. It was Drop Beer Co. Tropical IPA. The first time I had it, I was like, "This is rank." But like, you need to basically have not drank a proper beer, I think, in a week to sort of change your palate. Um, it was okay, uh, but actually, I actually found what it was, and this is partly sort of Pavlovian response or whatever. Is um, when we were playing Counter Strike, I'd have like I had a few beers that night, but then I had a couple of non-alcoholic beers as well, and I was sort of doing turnabout, and I didn't really notice it. It was more that sort of right, the round's ended, I'll just have a swig of beer, right, on to the next one. Have you played at all in the last week? No, but what was that Pavlovian thing you just said? Like Pavlovian, Pavlovian response. response. Yeah, you can't, I mean, I don't know what that is, and maybe our listeners don't. <clears throat> um, Pavlov's dog, have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it, yeah. Right, so that's what it is. So basically a guy trained a dog to, every time he, he it was mealtime, he'd ring a bell, um, and then he'd serve the meal, ring a bell, serve the meal. And he kept doing that. And the dog would like salivate them when he heard the meal. Even when he heard the bell, uh, sound, even if he didn't have the meal. So it's that sort of thing about, yeah. So your Pavlovian response was end of a counter-strike round, neck of beer. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite that. It's more, that's, it's more just sort of alcoholism. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, Pavlovian response is something, for me, I have one where like if I walk past people smoking cigarettes, like because it sort of turns my nose up a bit, I always like want to sort of clear my clear my throat and that sort of thing. Um, but it's not something I like have to do. It's obviously something like mentally I've sort of always do. Um, yeah. It, it, that it crosses sure. the line between that and um, what's the other one? Like where you, the sort of things where you can't stand on lines on streets and that sort of thing. Oh, uh, OCD. OCD, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, bit, yeah, a bit different to that. Yeah, the other thing we're doing on holiday was... I've got to um, have a beer. <laughs> it's my OCD. The other thing I was doing was watching a lot of daytime quizzes. So I don't know if, you've, if you know these or have seen them all, but if you do, then interested to hear you rank these quizzes. Because it basically goes from about one o'clock, it goes impossible on BBC One, then Countdown, yep. then Tenable. Never seen it. Tenable's Warwick Davis. You've not seen it? Never seen it. Okay. No. So impossible. It doesn't sound, it sounds like a comedy show, the way you, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound like it's real. But he, he's Tenable one of, he's, with he's Warwick like, Davis. He's one of the best presenters. It's not like the Countdown. The funny, one of the funniest things I've ever heard about Countdown was um, the guy that does it now, who's on The Apprentice. And Frankie Ball did a tweet. Oh once, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his tweet was his wife saying, um, when he was on The Apprentice, because he was sort of being all smarmy on The Apprentice or like sort of a know-it-all. Um, she goes, um, "Countdown's really gone to this cunt's head," because he, he. I mean, he's not. He's not. He's not good on Countdown either. He's. He's. He's pretty lame. Like Stelling was all right, and obviously, Richard Whiteley was was the daddy. But. Um, but yeah, maybe he appeals to the sort of older conservative demographic. Um, so yeah, there's him. So that's countdown. Impossible is where usually there's like nine answers and like, oh, I don't know if it's nine, but like three of them just can't be right. They ask a question and three of them just can't be right. And then three of them could be right, but aren't the right answer. And then three of them are right. And it's generally that sort of format. But it's also good because there's 30 people that play and you have to, they answer those questions. And then the people that do the best get then get asked on to get into the final type of thing. So it's, Every day, if you've generally done well, you'll eventually get a shot at 
at doing it rather than it just being like a random thing like you know deal or no deal or whatever and there's a bit of a community about it because you see the same people on for five days so that one's quite good um countdown's obviously legendary um tenable you have to basically answer it'll be like um you know whatever question and you have to name the top 10 things in that question and you get like one life and if you get one wrong you can in in the in the early rounds you can ask your teammates for help and that sort of thing but you have to like in the early rounds get at least five of the ten so it could be it could be anything like you know the best selling oasis songs or something like that and you'd say answers and then they come up on a board and you can see them and sometimes they're ranked so you sort of know whereabouts you are or sometimes they'll be in alphabetical order and that sort of thing um so like one of them was capital cities closest to Reykjavik. um and they didn't say Dublin, and they and they said London. But anyway, that sort of thing, that was like the final round. And in the final round, you've got a team of five people, and if you all get through to the final round, then you basically just keep doing turnabout until you hopefully get all ten of them. It's good. It's an hour long. What's they, the capital of Greenland? Is Greenland close to Reykjavik? Uh, I mean, what, is it like Oslo, Stockholm? These must have been close. Is um, Dublin one of them? London? Yeah, I don't know if it's just EU countries. But yeah. But yeah, they they were all there. It's down to about Amsterdam. Um, yeah, um, and then there's Tipping Point. Have you seen that one? No, I mean I I, have, I would go to work during the during, during yeah, the week. But, I mean, <laughs> never I mean... Seen a day off in his life. <laughs> tipping Point is basically you know when you go to like the amusement arcades and you have those like ten p or two p machines and you put them in and then they have, they yeah. slide. That's literally the game. Is that they answer questions to then basically put in a token in the top to see if they can get more tokens out the bottom. It's basically watching that, like watching someone else play an amusement game. Wait, how many of these? How first of all, how often are you doing this? And secondly, how many quiz shows are you watching? Well, is this on a Friday when you're looking after your kids? No, no. On a, I this hasn't happened during lockdown because it's a nightmare, but. Generally, the best programs that I would watch on a Friday would be, and this is just getting the kids ready, would be um, Secret Millionaire and Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares USA. Well, and Secret Millionaire USA, which I always cry at the end of. I don't know if I've spoken about this on the pod, but it's just a classic. classic Definitely, yeah. you've classic never spoken about it. Always quite, always quite. You know the Secret Millionaire, right? It's owner yeah. of a company comes in, wears a wig, and somehow they don't know he, he's the owner of the company. Probably because he's just not engaged with his staff for the last X years. But he always gives out, you know, or they give out, or she gives out, um, you know, 20 grand to, to someone that's that, that's touched them, touched their hearts during the during the episode. But it's usually just, like, absolutely life-changing for them, so I'm always, like, holding back the tears. And then Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares USA is amazing because... The, pe- the, the most of the people that run the restaurants just so retarded. He's just like, yeah, idiot sandwiching everyone. But anyway, to get back to quiz, so the tipping point is with Ben Shepherd. Yeah, I know um, who that is. So yeah, that's a bit more camp um, and a bit more fun. Um, and yeah, the questions are dead easy, but. It's just you basically just watching. Like most of the time, you're just watching and be like, the thing drops down. Oh, and they, but the, the best thing about it is they have an entire language around that game. So it's like, oh, that's riding, and all, they've got all these words <laughs> that, that mean like you know the thing's going to knock yeah, this yeah. other one down, all this sort of stuff. Uh, and then there's the chase. Have you seen the chase? I, I've seen the chase. Right, the yes. chase, the beast. You know, um, Bradley Walsh 
Uh, that that's quite good as well. Okay, given that you've not seen them, we won't rank them. But you can basically go from about one o'clock to six o'clock just watching quizzes. Um, so what, fifteen to one's not a thing anymore. Not at the moment. No, they did they did a reboot at some point, I think. But Blockbusters. They're, they're the Who? main ones. Weakest Link. They're the ones I remember. Weakest Link might be on like once a week, maybe. But these are on every day. There's also yeah. something we started watching on six o'clock on BBC Two with. Um, the guy with glasses from Pointless, and that was quite good as well because it's like four celebrities and um, it's it's a bit more of a fun but also thinking questions. Because I, I read this Guardian article a few months back saying like the best quiz questions are um, ones that you can't sort of just Google the answer. You need to. It might be perhaps two different pe- like pieces of knowledge that you need, and you have to sort of think about it sort of laterally and combine them which is why a lot of sort of diehard quiz people really like um the one that dave mitchell's wife um presents victoria corin do you know the one i mean yes no i don't know the quiz i don't know the quiz you mean but i know which one of uh, david mitchell's wife you're talking about i think he's only got one it's called only connect it comes on just before university challenge Okay. So yeah, that that's where that's where David Mitchell would want his wife's yeah oh, yeah quiz to be. It wouldn't be a three o'clock effort on no. BBC Three. It would be, or it might be on BBC Three. But it's funny though because my mom was talking about it, and I think I don't know what she was more amazed at. I think she said to me, "You know, she's married to David Mitchell." I'm like, "Yeah," and then I say, "She also used to be a professional poker player." So, all oh, right, okay. When you say David Mitchell, just to be clear, you're talking about David Mitchell, the actor and writer. You're not talking about David Mitchell, the um, quality assurance professional in the video games industry, are you? Um, Yeah, I'm talking about the first David Mitchell. However, there is another David Mitchell who is an author. So there's three David Mitchells? Yeah. He wrote Cloud Atlas. I mean, so of the three, so all, of the three David Mitchells out there, the one that we know it sounds to me like not, not the not the best of them. Well, he's he's still got his most of his life ahead of him slash career. So I think David Mitchell that does Peep Show has also got most of his life ahead of him and career. <laughs> I think our friend David Mitchell is is younger than both of them. He's definitely younger than David Stephen Mitchell because he's 51. How is David is... Stephen Mitchell the author of Cloud Atlas? Yeah. Okay. That, that became a movie that was super weird. David James Stewart Mitchell is 46. And that's Victoria Corrin's hubby? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Glad we cleared that up. Right. What else have we got to talk about? Mailbag questions. Yes, you and Mackie again gave us another album to um, review or reevaluate, reappraise, and it was Tenacious D by Tenacious D, the first album by Tenacious D, who are a two-piece comedy, um, comedy metal um, band. I thought they'd been on, and they probably have been on um, Saturday Night Live and that sort of thing. I sort of remember them being on some sort of US program that we we weren't really party to. Uh, this album came out in 2001 which actually was 
more recent than I thought. I remember listening to it in sort of second, third year at uni and thinking, oh, this must have been out for ages. But yeah, yeah it hadn't been. So yeah, I, uh, I'd, I'd listened to this album before. So I'll, I'll let you, you bash on, Stuart. You listened to it before? I Well, I think I only had a few songs, but um, I enjoyed listening to it. I don't think I'd ever listened to it all the way through. It was hilarious. I also quite enjoyed putting a few of the songs on uh, on YouTube towards the videos. Um, that added a lot. But I still think that the best song was, um, and I was saying this beforehand, I don't like to swear, but I'll, I'll swear, was Fuck Her Gently. I, I genuinely laughed when I listened to that song. It's not like sort of like, oh, that's clever. It's like actually really funny. Yeah. It's so, um, so yeah. good. The best. Uh, I, it, it's just like how sort of irrelevant some of the lines are. I remember talking yeah. to uh, our good friend at university, Johnny Furnival, about this, um, and it's just like it's just so random. Some of the stuff, like I'm not going to cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar. Um, and then there's another one. Yeah, the, <laughs> my favorite little bit, and I don't know if it's partly to do with the melody and stuff, but he, it's just that bit where he goes. And then you see, wait a minute, Sally. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time listening to that, I'm like, why has he just randomly said the name Sally out of nowhere? It just seems like so specific, but nothing else to do with the song. But it's probably just like no thought went into it whatsoever. Just like pick a random name. Yeah, and it sounds good. Yeah, that's what I think. That was dynamite. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that more than... What else did he recommend, Mackie? Uh, the um, Plan B album. No, was that not cello? No, that's Mackie as well. Oh well, I enjoyed it more than Plan B. My Although sh- I did listen to to your other the other Plan B album that you brought up. The, was that the education one? Uh, Defamation of Strickland Banks. I listened yeah. to that. That was excellent. Yeah, that song with this sort of she said and those sort of ones on it. Yeah, but it's, I think it's similar to this one in that there's, there's three. There's there's some great songs on the on the the other album as well. Did you watch the movie? Your no. manners, no. The, but it's similar to that because I found this one. What I can't deal with on this album is fair enough if you've only listened to it the first time. But there's so many skits. The album's 21 songs long, and about half the album is like skits. You know, they're, they're just it's like a 40 second long. Yeah, like little comedy bit. I could live happily if I never have to listen to him talk about inward singing ever again type of thing so for me i would have tribute obviously wonder boy and fucker gently on a on a shuffle no problem but i wouldn't listen to this album again and that's the sort of counterpoint to the old manners one where they've got this other album based on the movie they did which is basically around the story of tribute um pick of destiny and obviously with that being an album soundtrack slash concept album that flows a bit better and there's not really any skits on it and that sort of thing. So the average level of the songs is better, but you can't deny how good those sort of three aforementioned songs are on this album. And it was a nice sort of blast from the past. Also, whilst on holiday, they had the music channels on, on the sky and I actually, I never paid for it, but I love just having the music channels on. Like I kept putting on, you know, Kerrang! and then Magic or VH1 or whatever the, the sort of music channels are. I actually quite like just watching the sort of old videos obviously kerrang is always like 2000 new metal like half of the things yeah. like the exact same songs but they're quite sort of nostalgic for me so that's it's quite nice did you have a small victory or have you already said it yeah i told you it was the sahi beer oh, the <laughs> okay I, right 
mailbag. So we've done the Today's Shady album. The other one we had coming in from David Grant, which is a bit of a riff, I think, on um, last week's debacle. What The question is, if you could have a one-way conversation with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Do you, do you think, are you saying it was a debacle because we recorded for about an hour and 10 minutes and after you edit out yourself, there's only 15 minutes left? Yeah, that was quite enlightening. But I think part of that is because because <laughs> I can only add in the bits where you talk in a massive block because there were, there were loads of good bits. Most of it's most of it's man doing a good job, um, being hilarious, but I had to edit out all the bits where it's just like me and you talking back. And there were a couple of times when I basically had to add in a little sort of and what do you think about AC Milan in this game, Stu? Just because... I yeah, actually, I picked up on that. Um, that was good. But... Can you, you can you go first for this one? Because I mean, one of the things I've got is I'm not really sure I know what a one-way... Com- to me, a one-way conversation is just listening to someone or me just... I, I don't want to be the person talking at somebody, so I want to listen yeah. to somebody. Yeah, I think that's but, that works better. So the first person I thought of was just... It just ends up being like, who would you invite to a dinner party? And it'd probably be Jurgen Klopp right now. Um... So yeah, generally it's people that you want to ask questions of and then just be interested in their answers. The other one actually, because I've obviously done quite a lot of running and was listening to a lot of podcasts and I was listening to more to the Nolan Mead Loading You podcast, which we talked about on a previous pod. I didn't realise it was a real thing, but it is. Listen to the Inception one, um, which was great. Um, but they were saying about how Christopher Nolan hates people asking questions about the plot of his movies. Because obviously that probably happens all the time. Um, so yeah. yeah, without knowing that, I'm sure if I, you saw him in the street, you'd be like, "Oh, what happens at the end of Inception or that sort of thing." But the the, the funny thing is because we always talk, well, we talked, I know, in the past about the end of Inception, um, you see the thing wobbling near the end. So, like from a technical point of view, um, you know, he's he's not in a dream. But then they're all saying on that pod and fair enough like it doesn't even matter if the thing wobbles because he sort of walks away from it and just goes to his kids so he's sort of left it all behind anyway and it's still it plays into that wider thing about it doesn't actually matter what reality is or not if he's if he's happy sort of thing yeah interestingly while we're on the subject of nolan my sister um watched interstellar and then she was like this film's great why is it so good? So I recommended her the other Nolan movie. She watched Inception and thought that was great. Then, of course, I tried to get her to watch The Prestige, but she won't pull the trigger because she, in her mind, Nolan has to be some kind of epic sci-fi mind-bender shit. And I was like, no, The Prestige is, I mean, ultimately, um, arguably the, the most mind-bender of them all. When you really, I mean, maybe it's not more mind-bender than either of those two I would love movies, to have never seen it before. Can you imagine... Just not knowing the twist and never, never having watched it before. It's so good. Yeah. Well, but the best thing about him is the yeah, layers. You, you, There's always stuff you can watch and be like, oh, that's. I think it's fine one. to. Yeah, I'd like to watch. I've not seen it in ages actually, but I think it's good to watch and be like, spot little things. Yeah. Well, I'm. This podcast obviously reviews every single one, and there's a few that I haven't seen. I've not actually seen his first movie, for example. I think it's called The Following. Um, so okay. yeah, I've still got a few to watch. Okay, I need to wrap it up quite soon because um, it's my other daughter's birthday sort of weekend and my folks have just arrived. But it'd be remiss of me not to mention a TikToker of the week. Uh, couple here. I don't know. If you, have you been on TikTok recently? No. I did, an, I did I another TikTok and I'm completely obsessed with it. Um, you made one? Yeah. 
but if you've not been on TikTok, you won't know. But it's basically five mums just lip syncing a song in a pub, but it's so good. And yeah, it's five different mums being recorded by one of their daughters, basically. But then there's been loads of duets with it, whereby people have been like, you know, typecasting the mums and that sort of thing, being like, this is the sort of handbags they own, this is what their husband would look like, this is what their kids look like, this is where they shop, If they, this is the sort of fast food restaurant they'd eat in and this sort of thing. So yeah. Um, but you, yeah, it's quite difficult to describe, you've never seen it, but I've, I've done one of them and it's like, this is their favourite. I was going to do this as their favourite office character, but I ended up having to do their favourite US office character because I chose all females for it. I'll send it on. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and then the other one, and this is a good one, it's a guy called Ring King Zero One. It's this Asian guy, and he goes around Asian sort of funfair places, and does all of the sort of challenges. So you know where you like pay. It's, he basically goes up to him and it's like, right, how many is how how much is it for ten rings? You know, we got basically like hoopla, right? So you've got to throw your ring over. Yeah. You know, to get a cuddly toy and that sort of thing. And he's like, you know, it's like right, it's ten rings for ten dollars, and he's just like, right, I'll have fifty rings. And you just see him, and he's just completely destroys it like just he's throwing like three rings at a time like ridiculous spin like super quick and he's hitting something that's sort of 30 meters away and like completely cleans out all the people and then they're just like you know like either give him his money back and or freak out or just complete disbelief it's like so good and his entire tiktok is him just going to like new ones um and just completely rinsing them like just... i thought they were i thought they were fixed i thought like there was something you couldn't do well yeah there's ones where it's swans. This is a bit ropey, where you've, they've got to throw it at a swan and it, get, it goes on the swan's head. But naturally, when you throw it, they all duck, so it basically becomes impossible. But he's like, if you throw it really quickly and with the spin to like guide it down, then, then they're, not, they're not impossible. They're just really difficult. But he's also got this technique where he puts like three next to each other so that that stops like them bouncing off and this sort of thing. It's just amazing to think like, you know, yeah, I just love that idea. That Someone's someone, dedicated their time to becoming yeah. amazing at that. And also to basically ripping off people that are ripping business. off people. Yeah, yeah. The the revolves around that. So yeah, check that out. Rinking zero one. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 all for me. What a bump. That's week. it. If anyone wants to um, any mailbag questions, we love them. So speak to us or send us a message on Twitter. We're I want to say at the East Show. It might not be that. Cool. Catch you later, Stu. Right, see you, man. Take care. Peace.